Good morning. Today is Monday, November 14th, 2022. I want to share something with you this morning that is very heavy, very profound, and very disturbing. If it helps just one person, it will be worthwhile. I want to share with you part of a eulogy that was delivered last year by Rabbi Yosef Rimon for a young man who committed suicide. This young man's name is Ariel. Rabbi Rimon knew Ariel since he was a baby very, very well. And Rav Rimon knows his family well. And before delivering and publicizing this eulogy, Rabbi Rimon discussed this with the family and received their permission to say what he said and to publicize his words. Of course, Rabbi Rimon weighed carefully every word that he said, and later he expanded on why he said what he said and why he didn't say other things. I hope that I will be able to convey at least part of his message in a way that is helpful and as he intended. He began the eulogy by saying, it is impossible for us to believe this, that this sweet, wonderful, beautiful boy is no longer with us. Ariel, he said, was a boy that was always happy a young man who worked on improving himself and he had reached a good place in life. He was a boy, a young man, who loved his family and his friends. In recent years, he had become attached to attending shul, to attending the synagogue, and he prayed regularly in an earnest and serious manner to God. He had come many, many times to Rabbi Ramon to ask questions in halacha and the finer points of Jewish law, and Ariel was always concerned to understand clearly the details of what Jewish law requires what God asks of us. He was a young man who was filled with gratitude, and he expressed that gratitude to others. He had principles. For example, during the time of Corona, he was extremely concerned if there was someone who was acting in a way that might possibly put others at risk or danger. He was a boy who was generous, giving of himself, 
when he was in yeshiva, at the end of each meal, he would make sure that the leftover food in the dining hall would be distributed to those in need. He was in the army. He served in Sahal in the IDF. And he was generous in offering to take on, to volunteer for duty and for responsibilities that others perhaps did not want to do. Rav Rimon remembers seeing Ariel on Friday night in shul together with his father and his brother. His father in the middle, one, brother, one son on either side, both of them acting with love and respect to their father, the entire family beaming with the joy of Shabbos. His family loved him. His friends loved him. His comrades in the army loved him. And he loved them. Then Rav Rimon said, I wish with all my being that this would be the end of the eulogy. But it's not. Because as I stand here, he said to the assembled crowd, I see that there are hundreds of young people, boys and girls, Ariel's age, hundreds. And he said, I am the rabbi of this community. And I have a responsibility to all of the young people who will hear this. And of course, again, he repeated that he had discussed and received permission to discuss this with the family. And he said, I must ask a very difficult question. How is it possible that a young man who is so accomplished, who is so giving, who is so loving, how is it possible that he could do such a thing to himself? How is it possible that a young man whose family loves him, whose friends love him, who is successful in his studies, who was successful in the army just the week before he had been awarded a merit for accomplishment in the army. How is it possible that such a person could have done something like this to himself? There are many people that go through times that are good and joyous and also go through times of depression and despair. Many, many, many people. 
Rav Rimon said that many times there are young men and women, boys and girls, who would come to him and they would say to him that there had been periods in my life, moments in my life, when I felt at that moment as if I wished to end my life. But they did not do so either because they lacked the means to do so or because they were successful in overcoming their feelings of depression and despair at that moment. But here's the point. These moments occur to everyone. But we must know that the difficulty, the pain, the depression, the despair is temporary. Life is much, much larger than just those acute moments. So what we need to do in those moments is we need to take a deep breath to wait for the crisis to pass and to know with a certainty that when the crisis passes, there will be waiting for us great light and joy in our lives. We do not have the right to harm ourselves, to take our lives. We do not, as Jews, have that right. The prayer we say every morning, Elokai, my God, Neshama Shenasata Bitahorahi, the soul, the life that you have given me today is pure. Our soul, our life does not belong to us. It belongs to God. It is only lent to us to use correctly during the time that God allots to us. And it is only God that makes that allotment. And if there are moments of difficulty, if there are moments of where we feel broken, where we feel despair, we should find someone to talk to. A friend, a family member, a rabbi, a teacher, a professional. Speaking about this will give us a place to hold a tool to help us pass this crisis. Even in a situation where it appears to us that the crisis is overwhelming, that it is destroying us, that it is not possible for us to overcome it, That's not correct. 
Life is greater than that. So take a deep breath. Speak with someone. Receive strength. Pass the crisis. And reach the light and the joy. And allow me to add, he said, every one of us is available to you. There is not a single person who does not have time to speak to you if you reach out. Rav Ramon, speaking in this group, said, you see here in this room, when he was delivering the eulogy, there are rabbis, there are teachers, there are professionals, there are others. Every one of us is available to you. You're not bothering us. There is nothing else that we do that is as important as speaking with you when you reach out to us in a moment of crisis. Don't worry that you're bothering us. Don't worry that you're taking up our time. That's not correct. Nothing else that we do is as important as speaking with you. Because you are not alone. I want to add this in parentheses. This is my words now. Wherever you are in the world, there are resources, there are people, and I'm saying this to you, Michael Whitman, I am available to you. My cell phone number is 514-513-2995. Wherever you are in the world, whatever hour it is, call me. You are not alone. I'm here. I'm available. And nothing else that I do is as important as speaking with you. Again, 514-513-2995. Anytime. Rev. Ramon added, It is important for me to mention, he said, that no friend of Ariel's is at fault. No family member of Ariel did anything that caused them to be at fault. None of Ariel's fellow soldiers or commanders did anything that caused this to happen. No one has any fault in this terrible thing that happened. And then Rav Ariel added, I'm now going to say words in the name of Ariel. I am certain, Rabbi Ramon said, that Ariel at this moment, again, he is at the eulogy at his funeral, that Ariel at this moment is looking down on us from heaven and Ariel is saying, don't make the same mistake that I made. Never, never, never hurt yourself 
like I did. Several days later, Rabbi Rimon received the following message from Ariel's sister, Yael. Hello, Rabbi Rimon. As part of cleaning the house and cleaning our hearts after the passing of her brother, Ariel, it is important for me to share the information we received from the Ministry of Health. They had, they had taken all of Ariel's personal belongings, including Ariel's cell phone. They found messages on Ariel's WhatsApp on his phone that he had sent a message to a place, to an organization that deals with mental health, where he asked for their help, but unfortunately, he did not receive an immediate response. Two weeks later, he contacted them again. And this time, there was a response, but Ariel was not able to have the conversation at that moment. He wanted help. He wanted to live, but he still thought that he would be able to wait until tomorrow morning to call back this place where he could get help for mental health. But 12 minutes after the end of the correspondence, Ariel took his life. The words, Rabbi Ramon, that you said in your eulogy were true. It was a moment of crisis for my brother, she said. If he had managed to get through that moment, he would not have done what he did. <clears throat> so now back to my own words. To anyone who is suffering and considering this, there is hope. There is help. What you are feeling now will pass and will get better. So take a deep breath and reach out. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.